Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, it's Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip because we're going to be talking about the war that's a foot or maybe a mind. I'm going to be talking about how dopamine, yeah, that feel-good drug, is sneakily stealing your ability to focus. So stick with me as we get into what it is how it does it, and how you can combat it with a few little wisdom smacks here and there. So stick with me on the flip. I'll see you soon. All right, let's get on into it. Today, we are talking about dopamine and how it is at war with your focus. Now, I have done a few podcasts in the past on, you know, for this um, podcast about focus. And you guys seem to have loved it. And lo and behold, I have been uh, attempting to up my game uh, as we start ramping back up, getting back into the full swing of things. Uh, And so I have to increase my productivity and my ability to focus. And so I've been doing a few little exercises and things that I'm going to be sharing with you today and trying to whittle down how to tweak, increase, advance uh, my ability to focus. And Here I was thinking that I was going to be improving on what I was doing already, only to find out through simple little exercises and observations that, oh my gosh, my focus has decreased instead of increased. And so today, y'all, we have got some big wisdom smacks that we're going to be talking about. And namely, is that dopamine is afoot and it is out there. Now, let's start off with what dopamine is, and it is a hormone that is released. It's part of the endorphins that your brain um, releases, and I always try to remember to think about dopamine as uh, the the feel-good drug, if you will, and uh, dopamine is a, it's not only a hormone, It's also a neurotransmitter. And what it does is is it originates in the brain. But you have to remember, it being a hormone on the one side, uh, it is uh, for the purpose of releasing organic chemicals in the brain. But then it's also a neurotransmitter. Now, y'all stay with me because I know I might be, you know, saying all the words, (laughs) but I promise you it's going to make sense. 
And so what these neurotransmitters do is they are set up to uh, trigger and signal uh, like a, a, a communication center, if you will, uh, so that you will have synapses, meaning, you know, firings and uh, activities in the brain. So it's not only that it floods, you know, and I don't want to say it floods, but it releases the hormone, but then it also has the ability to be like a catalyst, like a, a fire starter, if you will. And the idea of us having this desire to focus and not realizing that there is chemical warfare afoot in your own mind is shooting ourselves in the foot when we really try to get an understanding of what it is. Okay. So what ends up happening is, is dopamine in its um, basic sense is the anticipation. It's that anticipation. It's what makes you ready and excited for something to pop off, for something to happen. And because of that, it ends up being um, the drug that starts the whole thing. So where you have dopamine getting you anticipated and ready, you have serotonin giving you the pleasurable contentment of satisfaction when you get what it is you need, okay? And so dopamine makes you feel good. It, like I said, it is the feel-good drug. And because of that, we are always in search of trying to have it. And just like anything else, the more we tap into it, the less effective the same amount is. And so we continue to need to up our uh, stimuli to get the same feeling effect of dopamine to the point where we blow ourselves out with dopamine and we become very addicted to seeking dopamine. And so it, like I said, it's a messenger substance and that is a transmitter, but it's also a hormone that works in concert with other endorphin and endorphin responses in the brain. Okay. So that is just a quick, if you will, way of understanding dopamine. So the next thing is, is when you are uh, doing things in your wakeful hours, your mind and brain are taking note and they're taking copious notes, honey. They are watching everything you do and uh, logging it to see what is the reaction. And so because they're always trying to figure out how to keep you in what's called homostasis. And homostasis is like baseline for optimal health. It's uh, where the cells and the whole body try to work to keep you sustaining and living and flourishing. And if you get out of equilibrium, because it's an equilibrium kind of thing, then you start getting into dangers because um, you would possibly fall out. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be able to uh, continue to live. And so, this homostasis drives your brain to try to watch and monitor everything that happens. And the thing about dopamine is that it uh, gets you set up, like I said before, it, it gets you set up to go through this roller coaster ride of goodness. Uh, and like I said before, you have um, 
this feel-good drug, but you also have it where it's such it's an anticipatory feeling and sensation of something good happening. So it starts you it, it sets you up to be able to release epinephrine, serotonin, all of these things that make us have a great ride. And so we want to continue to trigger it. And when I say we, both consciously, unconsciously, and your brain. So it's like a committee trying to get us to where we are going after the dopamine hits. Like little addicts, we do it with sugar because sugar, that glucose goes straight to the brain and gives you that good feeling. We do it sometimes. People do it with drugs and alcohol and all of those things. But it is in that great pursuit of that elusive happiness that we talk about, okay? So if you are doing the things that you do in a given day and you do something that every time you tend to do it, you get a almost guaranteed spike of dopamine, guess who's taking note? You, your brain, your chemistry. And what ends up happening is, is you start to create, remember I said it's a neurotransmitter, so you start to create synapses, pathways in your brain that tells you whatever you did, do it again. And for a lot of people, you might be shaking your head and saying, no, that's not me. Yes, it is. And I can guarantee you that probably within less than three feet from you is a guaranteed dopamine trigger. And it is called your cell phone if you're in the U.S. and your mobile or mobile if you're outside the U.S. And this little diabolical thing, I just picked mine up. It is so uh, cleverly and ingeniously, inceptively designed that everything about it is made to trigger dopamine. And from the the style of the user interface on the phone to the actual phone itself. It's sleekness, it's smoothness, where it will just respond at the barest grazing of your thumb on the screen. The way it feels in your hand, in your palm, uh, ergonomically. Now, to me, mine is a little too heavy, and that's probably why I'm having some of the issues right now with my wrist, but still. Everything about this is in is in cahoots with triggering as much dopamine as possible. And so I decided, oh, okay, I got to up my production. I got to, you know, do some things because I can see that whether we're ready or not, we're getting ready to get back into the swing of things the new way. And I, I want to be on the front lines ready, you know, with my business and all that kind of stuff. So I decide I'm going to do um, some uh, fasting, some dopamine fasting. And I have been turning my phone off and I, I have been trying to, I, now let me just go on and tell the truth, shame the devil. I, when I decided I was going to stop, start weaning myself off of the obvious dopamine triggers, aka my phone and a few other things, uh, AKA sweets and <laughs> sugar, I noticed that I kept reaching for my phone. And at first I was making little tick marks on a piece of paper and it got embarrassing. So I stopped and I tried to do airport, uh, um, airline mode, air, you know, airplane mode. Uh, but it was too easy to just flick airplane mode off to just take a quick little look, look, see. 
And so I ended up having to get to the point where I turned the phone off, not even put it on mute or do not disturb. I turned it off and I still found myself picking up the phone, uh, put grazing my finger, you know, just to only realize, oh, I turned the phone off. And by looking at all of that, I realized, oh my goodness, this is at war with my ability to focus. So thank you for letting me, you know, set up what I mean by dopamine. And I, because I don't have time to hit a lot of them, I figure that with my wonderful listener base that the average one of you does have a phone and you can possibly understand what I'm talking about. And there will be some wisdom smacks here for you as well. And so because we are set up to be in to always be taking in data whether we are aware of it or not we have to be mindful of how much stimulus we're getting from our phone and it might not just be your phone it might be specific uh apps or games or whatever it is that you find yourself going to i find that i love news more than I should. And I have actually uninstalled a lot of it, but I still keep an aggregator on there because I figure the aggregator will tell me, you know, so am I really doing that much? (laughs) But I was a little proud of myself sticking my my chest out a little bit to uh, say that I'm actually making real movements to make my phone as not as tempting as possible. But even with that, there is a lot that I let go too far and I'm having to pay the price for it. And I don't want you to have to pay the price. So let's get into this this war on focus. And so the cell phone test, I've just said it. The first thing I want to say is, is that for me, I had to start making note of when my most vulnerable times for when the war was wage was raging and I wasn't aware. And so Here they are. I wrote down the top three. The first thing in the morning, I find that when I wake up, before I even roll out the bed, I'm picking up my phone and and looking at it. And I was like, that is not cool. Now, at night, I do put it on airplane mode at night. Now, I used to not, but I do now. And so I found that when I would turn it off, I got a little bit of a wee when all of the notifications started blah, 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 coming down on, on, on the face of my phone as I'm watching. And I was like, that's not good. Okay. So being able to force myself to put the phone out of reach, it's still in the room with me, y'all. I'm not going to lie, but putting it out of reach such that I have to get out of bed first is helping. And I will say that they actually have some studies about the effects of the first thing you see in the morning being your phone directly connected with a shortening of our ability to focus. And so be aware of that because if you are looking at it, a lot of us are sandwiching our sleep between the last thing you look at being your phone at night and then the first thing you look at being your phone in the morning. And it's kind of like chapstick. And and, and I, I shouldn't call out the, the, the lip balm. I'll say that because I don't have any problems with chapstick. Don't y'all come at me. 
But it's kind of like lip balm. If you depend too much on it, you become addicted to it. Your lips just throw their hands up and say, oh, well, we don't have to do any moisture because they're going to slather that 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 stuff on our lips anyway. So we don't have to do anything. <laughs> and that's what ends up happening with the phone. The phone becomes the stimuli to lull you into sleep and to wake you up. It's the new coffee. It's the new lullaby at night. It's the new white noise at night for a lot of people. Watching or reading something on your phone, even if you have the blue filter on because you know you are that person who cares about their sleep, but you still have the phone and you're reading and, you know, I'll go on and, you know, tell the truth. There have been a few times when I have clunked my lip with the face of my phone having fell out of my hand because I drifted off to sleep. Is that you? I do see a few of y'all raising y'all hand in my mind. But yeah, that's not right. <laughs> so we are looking at this, this issue that we're setting ourselves up. Okay, so that's the first area that I have noticed. The next one is, and y'all, this one was hard for me to admit, but I'll go on and say it. The next one is taking the phone to the restroom with me. Why am I taking the phone to the toilet with me? It's crazy. I don't need to be in there that long. <laughs> so that has been something that has been disturbing and that I have been actively working on. And I'll say this, I was at a conference uh, last year and, man- and managed to lose my phone, not once, but twice. And guess where I lost it? In the bathroom, public bathroom, twice. I was about to miss my flight coming back home because I had left it in a breakfast restaurant's bathroom and had to send my Uber driver back there to get it. Crazy. So anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been something. And it's eroding focus. The next one, are y'all ready for the next one? Okay. So the next one is not being able to keep it my phone, that is, on airplane mode or off for more than an hour. Getting the itchy twitchies. Oh my gosh, I need to check the phone. And it's not right, but it is the the truth. And so I was like, you know what? Dopamine is at war with with my focus. And I wish I could tell you guys that it's just my phone. It's not. It's when you go and stare in the refrigerator for something. And for me, a lot of times, what's in here that's sweet? I'm a sweetaholic. I got to stop it. That's another dopamine hit. And it's tied to the feeling of being lulled into thinking that I'm bored or not stimulated. And I want to talk a little bit about that now, because as we are continuing to grow and strengthen our mind and our wisdom, I want to make you aware of the fact that we can't ever think that we have arrived. You're always either losing or gaining ground when it comes to the ability to focus. And so with focus, I've noticed that there are a lot of habits that wreak havoc on our ability to focus. So y'all, I made some notes. All right, so here's a quick review. A habit works with our uh, base level of, 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 of understanding, namely the subconscious, which is the largest portion 
of our operating system of our brain. So where the conscious is the front facing uh, awareness that you have. And that's where they get that traditional understanding that we only use about 10% of our brain. No, that's not true. We need so much storage because we're always learning that our subconscious or our um, uh, our unconsciousness that we're not aware of that's hooked to the central nervous system uh, of involuntary muscle is where the other 80 to 90% of our brain activity lies. And in there is all of that stuff that we know as habit. So for our unconscious brain, known equals good. So if you find that you do things and you found that they are habit, whether they are for you good for you or bad for you, it is not a moral issue. It's not an ethical concern. It is a known versus unknown. It is due to repetition. So trying to break a bad habit, trying to stop vaping, it's hard. And it's hard because it has become so repetitious that it has become known. And not only that, it is possibly well, not no possibly, it's probably hitting your dopamine, spiking your dopamine, your feel good. And so when you look at habits that are not only repetitious, but also spike that hormone that neurotransmits to fire off those um, endorphins and the serotonin and make you and flood your mind with the feel good, it's very hard to break it. And so we look at how much our brain is taking in, whether we are aware of it or not, looking to see what activities that you tend to do that give us the biggest amount of stimulation. So whereas if it is something that you don't do very often or it is something new, it becomes unknown. And guess what the brain thinks is? It's bad. Known equals good. Unknown or infrequent equals bad. That's why if you only stick a piece of lettuce or broccoli or kale in your mouth once every blue moon, of course you're going to be like, "Ah, that's nasty (laughs) because it's not your habit. It is not something that your brain has taken note that gives you pleasure. And so you're like, well, Michelle, what, what, what are we supposed to do? Well, the thing is, is I wish I could tell you um, in detail, but we only have a few minutes. So I'm going to cut to the chase and say this, that when we're trying to regain our focus, when we're trying to get a handle on our dopamine, we have to approach our dopamine satisfaction and understand what is really doing it for us. As you notice, I was able to to whittle, whittle it down to the top two of my phone and my sugar. and what I'm starting to do now is to look at how to supplant the high dopamine satisfaction hit I get when I have the phone and the sugar as a reward and supplant them with increasing my frequency of getting back to eating my live, healthy, plant-based meals and retraining my brain, even though it rebels and it goes, eh, what are you doing to us? And, And even 
Now, I'm going to tell you, it's crazy out here because it increases the ghrelin. Uh, you know, you have leptin and ghrelin. Those are the hunger and satiety hormones in the body that tells you when you're hungry and when you're full. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I am in a full out fight with this. But we must do what we must do because if not, if dopamine runs amok, we won't be able to focus at all. There are so many people that are suffering from ADHD and it a lot of times comes down to the fact that they have not uh, gotten the reins on their dopamine um, dr- uh, drive of, of what's driving them to just always want to be on their phone, play a game, eat a, eat, you know, eat a piece of candy or whatever. And so understand this, understand your wiring that your body sends you to the highest stimuli that it can remember to get dopamine because dopamine is the feel good. And when the body feels good, it feels like it's in homostasis. It feels like it's in a good place. That's why when you have a lot of drug addicts, they know consciously that continuing to do the amount of drugs they are doing is not good. But the body is like, no, we're good. We feel good. So the body is good. You know, when, when they're in their high or they're mellow or whatever it is. And it is because the body is always taking notes. But when You consciously start to identify those culprits that are waging war. And dopamine is a general, so don't don't get it twisted. You are not going after a foot soldier or even a captain. You are going over, you're you're, you're dealing with a general, an admiral, uh, the top, okay? So understanding this is when you start to supplant what is one of the biggest or the, the, the top ones that you can figure out are giving you the biggest dopamine hits. Um, For instance, if you know, and because like I'm looking over here and I've got four books that I need to finish reading. I really need to finish them. Not just so I can share them with you guys, but I just need to finish them. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I know that I've got to increase my ability to focus on my reading that, you know, the ground that I've lost over these last few months of um, being quarantined, I've got to rebuild that muscle. And so what I'm doing is not easing myself because there is no such thing as easing your way into this, but giving myself specific times to focus. No, you don't have to go to the bathroom. No, there's nobody knocking at the door. No, you don't need to go and stare at the refrigerator. You know, (laughs) those types of things. Because what will end up happening is, is my reading and my studying, when I give it repetition, And I start because I know me, I love learning. I love reading and that kind of thing. And when I start getting uh, my body, my mind reacquainted with the stimuli from the reading and the studying, it will start to take down that low hanging dopamine trap of my phone and the stimulus from my phone. No joke, the other day I had to stop and realize that I was sitting at my desk in front of two computers. Yes, two. And I still had my phone in my hand looking at stuff that my computers were able 
to look at. I was like, what kind of cuckoo-ness is this, Michelle? And I, I just was amazed and floored and embarrassed. And I mean, in my vulnerability, I'm trying to, you know, let you guys know that wisdom is always trying to work with us. She don't take a day off, thank goodness. She doesn't judge us. But I need to fess up because I'm on this journey. I am... um endeavoring to supply you with the wisdom smacks that I get. And this one was not a cute little peck. This was a straight up smack on the head because my productivity and my ability to not only maintain, but to gain ground on my ability to focus is imperative because we don't have as much time as we used to. I don't know if you can feel it, but it seems like time is compressed now. It appears to be that time is speeding up. And so that means that I, for one, have to be more streamlined in the way I use my time such that I am moving from being reactionary to proactive. Many people who send me text messages and want to get on the phone and everything, I don't respond until I have a certain time and I don't do all the things for the long emails and I mean, yeah, emails and um, text messaging and all of that back and forth because I answer the question and then I get back to things because I am retraining myself. Many years ago, I used to just pride myself on my great use of time. And I will say this, that when you're able to get your dopamine back in line, and increase your focus, you know, so that your focus can win some battles. It seems like time starts to favor you. You get more time. I, I, I can't explain it, but everybody does have the same 24 hours. But inevitably, when you respect time and when you do what's necessary to get yourself in line, time tends to bend around you, to to buffet you and help you to do more with your day so that you become more productive and you manage to get more stuff done. And so with this dopamine, it is a time suck. It is on the offensive every day. And I had I had, had it. I was like, I am tired of being the on the defense, constantly batting down all of the traps that dopamine was setting for me and I was falling into and I was losing ground. And the sad part is dopamine is so smooth that it will take all the ground and make you happy about it. And you'll be sitting there unable to focus for even a minute. And so I need you guys to just try it. In my last few seconds, I want to just put before you, try to identify the top or either the, the top and the secondary biggest dopamine triggers in your life. For a lot of you, you're going to figure out it's your phone. And I want you to do the cell phone test. Try to avoid letting it be the last thing you touch at night before you go to bed and the first thing you touch in the morning. If you're like me, don't take it to the bathroom with you. 
And also try to see how long can you either put it on airplane mode or put it or turn it off. You know, now, of course, if you've got little kids and stuff, you, you understand, use common sense. But for when you're trying to work so that you can wean yourself off of it being the biggest dopamine trigger in your life. So guess what, y'all? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This is Ms. Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'll see you soon. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.